Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Just some uh, sports news headlines for Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. The NRL will wait until later in the week to make a call on which stadium will host the grand final. As talks still continue with the Queensland government about a possible shift. Nick Kyrgios has understandably opted out of the Davis Cup tournament in Europe uh, so he can return home to see his parents who are currently unwell. But he will play Cincinnati and the US Open before he goes home because his mother is certainly not 100% at the moment. And the cricketing world has saluted Australian sporting icon Ian Chappell after he announced he was retiring from his career as a commentator after some, you know, 40-odd years. We'll uh, touch on that a bit more later on. But in the meantime, let's talk football. A lot coming out of Adelaide. They've got the showdown. We had the Derby last Saturday night. They've got the showdown this Saturday night, and it's going to be a big one as Adelaide and Port Adelaide, of course, uh, will be uh, vying to maybe uh, get out of it. This is their grand final, a victory come their final game of the season. Michelangelo Ricci joined us uh, on the program. Michelangelo Ricci, thanks for your time. Big day, Peter. Big week. It's the showdown. Uh, and it's round 23. Both sides, the Crows or the Power, can't make the AFL finals. This is a grand final. Don't worry about that at the Adelaide Oval. And they farewell Port Adelaide, one of their greats. Robbie Gray making the decision today to hang up the boots at the end of the showdown after 271 games. What a warrior he's been for the Power over the years. Absolutely, Petty. You know, it's been on the cards for some time because it's been a tough year for Robbie Gray. But even with that official announcement this morning, you just kept, you know, doing the shoeless Joe moment. Just say it ain't so. Say you're going to go for another year. Give us some more because we just we just love watching Robbie Gray. Whether you are a Port Adelaide supporter, whether you're a football fan in total, I, I, I defy anyone to say that they've never watched Robbie Gray and wanted to applaud him. And you talk to opposition players. We spoke to Rory Laird, who's you know, the Crows champion midfielder, who said in the most admiring way that he can't wait to see see the back of him. So that was, you know, a mark of respect, a mark of admiration to say, this guy is so good on the football field that, you know, we can't put a candle next to him. So what a relief it is not to face him anymore as an opponent, but what sadness that he's no longer the same on the football field entertaining us as fans. It's interesting. I just played a bit of the uh, press conference before you came on, and you asked the question, wouldn't it have been a great farewell if he, uh, in the last kick of the game and the showdown on the weekend, he kicks a winning goal for Port Adelaide? But he's done that numerous times during his career. He's been a big game player. Yeah, he's got the AFL record for the most last scores that lead to being a winning score. And that's not just goals, that's just behind, that can be behinds as well. He's had he's had a couple of classic behinds that have actually broken deadlocks and given Port Adelaide a win. But we all remember the, the big goals, the one against St Kilda, right at a grey on the 50-metre arc, where he just, like, it was, he just cut through every St Kilda midfielder and just made the defenders look silly as he had that kick at the northern end of Adelaide Oval. And we're not going to forget the one at the Gabba where, you know, there's... Uh, as it was, who was it who said Anthony Hudson? I said he just has ice in his veins when he had that set shot mm. on the boundary to beat Carlton. So there's some memorable moments with Robbie Gray, and there's a showdown. He won five showdown medals 
They'd love them to win the six. They would, well, imagine a farewell game where you buy you the best on ground in the showdown and you kick the winning goal as well. I mean, how, how would that be? I mean, he deserves it. I mean, we're talking about Josh Kennedy's final game for West Coast. Robbie Gray deserves just the same. But unfortunately, that's it. We don't see him again after Saturday night. It's yeah. been... 2006 that he was drafted, a really late pick for Port. He turned up at Alvin thinking, well, be lucky if I get a game. That was his thought. He's played 271 by the end of his career. Sadly, no grand final, no premiership. That's that's just a sad note to think that such a great player wouldn't have that experience and wouldn't have a premiership medal. Mm. And if you know what he's all about, Robbie Gray, it's all about team, not about individual. I reckon he'd melt down every trophy he has just to have a premiership medal. But it doesn't work out that way always, does it? No, it doesn't. Of course, three-time John Cale medal, fairest and best at Port, and, of course, a four-time All-Australian, as you mentioned. Five mm-hmm. showdown medals. The best we have here is, of course, a man that works here at SENWA, Port Hazelby, with four Glendening Allen medals. Saying that, when you look at the, the showdown this week... Uh, Robbie Gray, hopefully we have a great farewell. We've had a couple in a couple of weeks here. Josh Kennedy, of course, with the Eagles. And everyone says, where's he in the pecking order of all-time uh, great West Coast Eagles players? Then we had David mm. Mundy, uh, the big farewell, even though he'll probably return in a couple of weeks' time for either a qualifying or an elimination final. Where does he go in the pecking order? Some saying he's ahead of five. Others are saying maybe behind five and Pavlich. Where does Robbie Gray sit at Port Adelaide, do you think? Well, you've got to remember Port Adelaide has a storied history from, since 1870, so they're always the greatest player will be Russell Ebert, the late Russell Ebert, a legend in the Australian Football Hall of Fame. But when we just talk purely AFL players, gee, they've had a parade of champions since 1997. I mean, you think of Warren Treadray and how great he was as a key forward, playing the toughest position on the ground. He, he was extraordinary. And you know, Matthew Primus, a ruckman who had the AFL change the rules to dent his influence on the game. But if you're talking about pure class and entertainment value and knowing that he's a big occasion player, it's hard to look past Robbie Gray. Ken Inkley rates Robbie Gray as Port Adelaide's best in the AFL era. It's a, it's a great debate because, you know, bear in mind, they had both Burgoyne boys there. They had both Cornses. Uh, Josh Franco, who was a runner-up in a Brownlow medal. I mean, they've had some great players. But Rob, Robbie Gray is going to be always in that top 10 list. It's just a question of how you rank them from 1 to 10. Mm, interesting. Looking at the showdown, Port will be trying to close it out by winning both. But saying that, Adelaide have shown some significant improvement in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this could be a, a pretty close game of footy at Adelaide Oval. Well, we know how Adelaide play. They're very tough at the contest and they, they want to make it a, a close game because they just love making competitive footy. That's their DNA. That's what Matthew Nix has brought to them. Now, we saw what Port did against Essendon. Now we're beginning to wonder, well, what was that all about? But they, they built their confidence. You saw what they like when they get their attacking game going and they don't have the turnovers. And what you can't dismiss is regardless of what form line is. We always say that about showdown, but imagine the responsibility on those Port Adelaide players when they go out onto Adelaide Oval, 7pm Saturday, knowing they've got to honour one of the greatest players that they've ever had alongside them. There's a there's a non-negotiable factor for every Port Adelaide player. And you think, they'd be sitting there at Adelaide going, great, thanks for this. Mm. And the prison bar, Guernsey, is dead and buried again for another year. Club chairman David Kosh is he fighting a losing battle against Collingwood? But 
because uh, it was an issue again just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Peter, if he hadn't gone on radio, David Kosh, two weeks ago and inflamed that issue, I'm, I'm more than sure Port Adelaide would have been wearing the bars in this showdown. Really? Um, I, I, had, I was very confident. I thought the progress that was being made at Collingwood with Jeff Brown understanding exactly what the jumper uh, represents. I mean, you've got to remember, Jeff Brown was part of the AFL Legal Council yeah. when Port Adelaide wanted to break away from the Sandville and join the VFL in 1990. He understands everything about the history of this city, of Port Adelaide and the rest, and what it is, Port Adelaide the Crows. The presentations made to Jeff Brown to have him understand why that jumper is so appropriate in the showdowns is is there. He just he can't make a ruling on his own. He needs to get a full board, you know, acceptance of it. And two weeks ago it looked very, very promising. So now we will go through the situation that over the summer we'll have that all debated out again. You know, David Kosh will have to you know, sort of eat a bit of humble pie on what his remarks on radio two weeks ago and they'll progress. But then the next fight becomes and, and I'm staggered that it continues to just generate more and more debates where Adelaide says, got no problem with Port wearing it in a Port Adelaide showdown, but they won't tolerate it being worn in an Adelaide showdown. And yet we've got GWS who wears a Battle of the Bridge jumper in both derbies in Sydney, and the Swans don't complain. And I've never heard the Crows complain about heritage jumpers worn by Fremantle, Brisbane and Sydney, and even Hawthorne this year at Adelaide Oval. So I think they're... They're playing a, a silly card, Adelaide, to actually think they dictate what the opposition wears. And, and again, this comes back to where's the AFL? Surely it's not an issue of clubs to debate what jumpers are worn on the football ground. It's clubs present them, the AFL approve them, move on. Mm. Well, why, do we have, why do we have Collingwood holding a mandate that is stronger than the AFL commission on a jumper? Why would Adelaide want to go down that path as well next year? I, I it mm. just doesn't make sense. And if you can tell me why, any competition would deny itself a symbol that tells the story of South Australian football, I'll be surprised. I, I, I can't imagine there's any league in the world that would look at that jumper and say, oh, we've got to bury it mm. because we don't want to talk about the history of this game. It's just insane. It is insane. It's real petty politics, isn't it? So it's incredible that it keeps uh, surfacing every year and there hasn't been a conclusion to it one way or the other. Michelangelo, you broke the story some years ago about that infamous Adelaide pre-season camp. And again, it's reared its ugly head a couple of weeks ago. You, as the person who got all the information, and we know what transpired following that, uh, what are your thoughts on it all, the fact that it keeps bubbling under the surface? Well, it's one of the saddest chapters in the Adelaide Football Club's history and one that should have never have reached the number of pages that it has today. It's five years old, and it really just required, uh, even two years ago when, when John Olsen became the new chairman, and I, and I remember speaking to John saying that the best move he could make was ring seven players, introduce himself as the new chairman and apologise and open the door for those players to come back and just speak freely about their experience and then inevitably they were going to get an apology. They deserve an apology for the way in which their trust was betrayed by their coach, their chief football people and a group of outsiders who, in my thinking, purely my thinking, should never have been involved in any pre-season camp for the Adelaide Footy Club. So 
it, it's a, a saga that never needed to go this far. It could have been dealt with immediately after the camp, but the the way in which... Look, John Olson, as chairman, has a famous saying that he uses a lot. The cover-up is usually worse than the crime, mm. and that's the case here with Adelaide. There was, there was a problem, and the betrayal of trust towards the players is just abhorrent. You can't, you can't justify it, and I'm glad no-one's trying to justify it, but what happened afterwards, the way in which it became worse by Adelaide just not you know, admitting to their faults was horrendous. I mean, we always remember the Brett Burton, Don Pike press conference where you had two men speaking of the same thing in different languages. It's clear that Don Pike wanted to you know, put it all on the table and Brett Burton didn't. Now, that's, that's 2018 and yeah. it still haunts them to this day. Well, you were right across it, as we know, all those years ago uh, in relation to being a newsbreaker. You certainly are, and, of course, you're part of the SEN family now. Michelangelo Rucci, thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to the showdown. It should be an absolute beauty. I really am looking forward to it, and it'll be a special moment for Robbie Gray and everybody that follows uh, Port Adelaide. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and we'll keep in touch. Look forward to the finals on your end as well. Yeah, looking forward to see whether the Dockers can do something special. Thanks, Michelangelo. They're better.